to answer some questions and respond to the things you're learning. The first question I'm going to look at today is this. At one point, you, meaning me, said that you talked to your son who is in heaven. You said you believed it's scriptural for us to talk to loved ones in heaven. Please explain. What scripture? That's the first question. How many of you know that that's a, that's a controversial one right there? The second question, how is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God the Father at the same time? In other words, how do you understand the Trinity? Good question, huh? Third question, if we receive Jesus as our Savior, but do not or refuse to share the gospel and His word with others, are we still worthy of heaven? Wow. Question number four, will the Jews have a second chance to know Jesus? Jews who spend their whole lives reading the Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, studying and praying, but they don't believe in Jesus, but they're God's chosen people. What happens to them? And the last one, please explain, and these are all from different people. You've got to understand, different people, different questions from different people. Please explain Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. So how many of you guys know I have my work cut out for me? So, but I'm excited because I really believe the Lord's going to help us with these things. And I want to start with the first one, which is the hard one. So I better pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me, huh? Lord, I just thank you for this morning, and I thank you so for your powerful presence here. I ask for you to help me to communicate those things you put on my heart. I just thank you for your word, which is so full of wisdom and understanding for us, Lord. Help us to feed on your word daily, Lord, as Jonathan talked about, and to allow your word to permeate us and change and transform the way we think and the way we approach life. And we just give you this time in Jesus' name. So at some point, I said that I talked to my son who was in heaven, and that I believed that it was okay to do that. So I need, to, I need to give you some background. I may be on a little bit of thin ice here. That's good. You know, I really believe that we're called to be Bereans in this church. Bereans were mentioned in Acts as a people who didn't just accept what Paul the Apostle and Barnabas or Timothy who was told them, but they, took, they went back home and they opened up their Bibles to see if those things were true before they would believe them and accept them. And... I want you to hear me real carefully when I tell you this, okay? First of all, we are commanded not to communicate with the dead many times in the Scripture. Not to communicate with the dead, okay? Do you hear me? Got that? What I was talking about, I lost my son in a car accident in 2008. He was 19 and a half years old. And... Um, Shortly, a day or two after Noah passed away, we got the news on a Saturday, um, I was laying in bed about, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, just laid down for a nap, and I had a vision, and in the vision, I saw in the corner of my room, but, but in a great distance, was Jesus, and Noah was standing next to him, and Jesus, or Noah Noah reached out his hand. He was like Mr. Stretch in the Fantastic Four. His arm went out for miles, and it came all the way down to touch me. 
And Noah Noah said, Dad, I'm okay. And Jesus says, I've got him. And then he withdrew his arm, and he turned around, and he walked into heaven with Jesus. I had been asking God, and my wife had been asking God, because we were shook up when our son died, because the last incident we had had with him was not a positive one. We were having lunch, and we, had, we were talking to Noah about his walk with God because he wasn't walking with the Lord now. He was, had joined the Air Force, and he, was, he had a girlfriend that he was sleeping with. And, uh, and we just said, Noah, Jesus is calling you to walk with him. And he said, basically, I don't agree with what you guys, I don't believe what you guys believe. I don't agree with you. And uh, he went back to the Air Force, and uh, a few days later, he was in this car accident and died. And we were just broken up. Still very, very painful. And so I had been asking the Lord, Lord, I need to know. And the Lord gave me this vision, and he also gave me a scripture with it that says, even if we are unfaithful, he, Jesus, is still faithful because he cannot deny himself. And my son had a very clear recommitting of his life to Christ two years earlier at summer camp. He'd walk with the Lord for a while, then he, he didn't have a strong support system with friends. He had a lot of friends who were partying, and he just basically kind of fell back into the world. And so we were in anguish. You know, where's our son? Is he with the Lord? And the Lord, through these, this experience, and of course experiences are subjective. They have to be tested by the Word of God. But that it gave me what I needed to know to have peace about my son, where he is. At that, since that point, only maybe a dozen times have I ever and it was usually within that first year after my son passed away when I was so broken up. I wept every day at least for a year. And I remember there were a few times when I would just say, Noah, I'm so glad you're with Jesus. And Lord, I pray you bless him. Lord, Noah, say hi to Grandma. And that was about all I would say. I did not say, Noah, are you there? Talk to me. I never did that. I occasionally, for a number of times made a one-way statement to heaven where my son was, just saying, I love you, you know that, I'm so glad you're with Jesus. That's what I meant when I said that I've sometimes talked to my son. And really, I pretty much, that stopped after the first year, except for maybe once in a great while, I'd just say, hey, I'm so glad you're with Grandma. Or I'm so glad you're with my brother Neil. Something like that. I have never expected Noah to talk to me. That would be really totally against the Spirit of God's Word. Let's take a look at these scriptures. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 13. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer, which is communicates with the dead, or one who inquires of the dead, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. I mean, could it get any clearer? We're not to be communicating with those that have gone on. Isaiah adds to this and really helps explain the why of this, okay? Isaiah 8. When they say to you, Inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter. Should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Here the prophet is 
asking a rhetorical question. He's basically saying, why are you asking the dead for advice? God is the one you should be turning to and asking. Don't ask the dead. Have nothing to do with that. See, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2.5 that we have one mediator between God and man. And that is the man Christ Jesus. He is the one we talk to. And I know there are people that ask the saints for help and things like that, but I, I just think it's much safer to talk to Jesus. He is our mediator. He is our intercessor. We don't need to ask the saints for help. And I know many saints were incredibly godly people, and they are with the Lord in heaven. And they may be interceding for us too with Jesus. I have no idea. But never anywhere in Scripture are we told to pray to the saints or to pray to Mary or to pray to any human being that is deceased as well as living. We are to call on Jesus. We are to call on the Lord. He is our answer. Does that make sense? Is it clear enough so you know I'm not communicating with the dead? Anybody have a question or clarifying anything about that? Okay, Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, right? It says we're surrounded by, and the witnesses were just mentioned in the preceding chapter 11 of Hebrews. All those saints that have gone on before are listed there, plus the cloud indicates all those that have gone on that were people of faith and walked with the Lord that are now in heaven. It says we're surrounded with them. The implication is, is that rather than being at a physical great distance or near distance, they are actually in a dimension right next to us, watching and observing. But they are not talking to us except through their lives in Scripture. And we are not to speak to them, but we are to go through the Lord. But we can know they're there and take comfort for that. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that there's not the state of soul sleep where when you die, you're kind of suspended until the second coming of Christ. But actually, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe that's immediately, that we will be conscious in heaven. We know that we read in places where, um, in Revelation, where the martyrs are talking to the Lord. They can communicate. They can feel. They're angry. They're frustrated. They want Jesus to come in his kingdom. So... Our existence in heaven is not some thing where we have no, we're, we're like sitting on a cloud strumming a harp somewhere. That's not in Scripture. We'll be very real and living. And then when he comes again, he's going to renew the earth and we'll be ruling and reigning with him on the earth. So that's pretty exciting. So in a practical note on here, should we be con consulting psychics or mediums or astrology? No, that fits into this category. It's looking to a different source than the Lord for, for information, for answers, for wisdom. And uh, how many of you know that, that demonic spirits are very, very real? Now, these guys came from the Philippines. They, can probably, they probably saw that happening every day. I've been in other places and seen lots of demonic activity, too. It's, it's all out in the open in Africa, places like that. But... Spirits can masquerade and impersonate people. We're told that by Paul in 2 Corinthians. 
Even Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And so when I think many people that are ignorant inquire through a seance or a mystic or a medium or something, a psychic, to hear from a loved one who's passed away and then they get a message back, I don't believe that's coming from Jesus because Jesus doesn't authorize that. I believe they're hearing from what we call a familiar or counterfeit spirit that is trying to seduce them and to get them sucked in to that becoming part of their life. And that's where they start leading into deception, and it ends in death. So I hope you guys hear this real clearly this morning. This is really an important issue. I'm just going to do one more today. We'll do the other three next week. So how is God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father at the same time? Richard, you've heard this question, right? Your wife submitted this one. I think it's a great question that Duaniqua was able to submit. I'm assuming she had to work today. Poor thing. She works at the hospital, and she gets crazy shifts. How many of you guys understand that even the most intelligent and deeply spiritual biblical scholars don't understand the answer to this question? We can work on this. We can come at it and make progress and towards understanding, but we will never fully understand with our limited human minds the answer to this question. How can God be Jesus and be the Holy Spirit and be the Father, but that Jesus is not the Holy Spirit and Jesus is not the Father and the Holy Spirit isn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit isn't the Father? There's, see the, you see the little illustration up here. God is one, and yet within that oneness is plurality. In the beginning, God, the word Elohim, is a plural word in Hebrew. Eloah, or El, is singular. Elohim is plural. God said, let us create man in our image. You see that even through the Old Testament, God is referring to himself as a plurality. Plurality in union. What I like to do is start out by establishing that Jesus is God, that the Holy Spirit is God, and that the Father is God. Can we do that clearly in the Scripture? You bet we can. There are many, many passages in Scripture that, that declare that Jesus is God, for example. For example, there are a number of times when Jesus was worshipped, right? Jesus was asked, if he was God. He was asked if he was God's son. Jesus is clearly worshipped and believed in. In fact, he is, he is referred to, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He declares that he's eternally existent. So I have 12 handouts for people that really want all those scriptures. And I'm going to give this to Jason. If you're interested in getting one of these handouts this morning, one per couple at the most, okay? And you raise your hand and Jason will pass those out. Can we see in the scripture that the Holy Spirit is God? And that he's worshipped? Yes, we can. Of course, it's very clear that God the Father is God. How about this question? Can you tell if the Holy Spirit is really a person? 
or, instead, or many people um, look at him, or some groups look at him as a force and not really a person. The book of Acts is probably the best way to answer that question because the Holy Spirit forbids, the Holy Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit leads, the Holy Spirit shuts doors. We see all these personal aspects of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. The illustration I like to use is of a stereo speaker, stereo speakers. When you have your little headphones on, right, and you've got a speaker in each corner, you've got the left speaker and the right speaker, and in case you're looking at me, the left speaker and the right speaker, and you have this little knob on your stereo, and you turn it to the left, you hear the music in your left ear. You turn it to the right, you hear the music in the right ear. You turn it to the middle, where's the music? It's everywhere. When you turn it to the middle, is the left speaker no longer functional? No, it's, it's happening. The right speaker is happening. In the same way, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, the Father is God. They are all God, but they are not each other. They are individual persons. You cannot put that together. They have to be two speakers held in tension. And when you turn the knob to the middle and you just say, I accept, God, that you are Father, Son, and Spirit, and I accept that you are one God. Because that's what Scripture teaches us. Then you, have, then you hold them in balance. You keep your knob in the middle, and you don't have any more problems. So I did not figure out for you how God is three and yet one. And nobody really can. Every analogy we have falls short at some point. But I encourage you to read the scriptures because what the Bible makes very clear is that Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit are one. And yet Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit are individual persons that make up what we call the Godhead. How many of you have seen the movie The Shack or read the book The Shack? Okay, that's probably a good thing to do. It's not perfect theologically, but it does help you kind of grasp that a little bit. Um, it'll probably just mess you up more, but it's still good. I think I'm going to do a third question because i got a few minutes left. I wasn't expecting to have. Number three, if we receive Jesus as our Savior but do not share the gospel, his word, with others, are we still worthy of heaven? First of all, let me ask the question. How are we made worthy of heaven? Say that again. Okay. Are we made worthy of heaven out of anything that we do? No. We are only made worthy of, he of heaven by receiving what God has done for us. Okay? Ephesians 2.8 says that we are saved by grace through faith, not by our works, right? It's a work that God has done, not of ourselves, but by God, okay? We still have to receive it, 
But that's the part that we do. That's Our part is simply receiving what the Lord has done for us. Titus uh, 3.5 says that it's not by works of righteousness that I've done, but according to His mercy He has saved me. So the question is, am I going to be made worthy of going to heaven because I'm sharing the gospel with other people? No, that has nothing to do why you're going to heaven. Why do we share the gospel with other people? Yes. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. It doesn't get us to heaven, but it's the, it's the lifestyle of people that are going to heaven. James says, I do these works because I have faith. They're the natural expression of faith that I have. Jesus told us that if we want to follow Him and be His disciple, that we are to do three things. Deny ourselves. Take up our cross. How many of you know the cross isn't a fun thing? It's an instrument of torture and death. And follow Him. Sharing our faith is a real great way to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Sharing the good news, sharing your experience that you've had with Jesus and His goodness with other people. Now, if we refuse to share our faith with other people, there's usually some reasons behind that. That's always a good place to start. Why am I so afraid to share my faith? How many of you have dealt with fear of sharing your testimony or sharing witnessing to other people? Come on, be honest. Okay. I have. I have had to grow into overcoming the fear of man, overcoming um, a sense of inadequacy. The whole idea, they don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm not even going to try. I would shoot myself in the foot before I did anything. I never, so many times I sank my own ship before I even launched it. And then eventually I would just keep asking the Lord, Lord, give me boldness. Give me the ability to share my faith with others. Another reason why we don't do it is we've seen bad examples by people that took some four spiritual law booklets or tracts and beat people over the heads with them. I remember in college we had a, some crazy guy, uh, I forget, Holy Hubert was his name. That's what this nickname was. He was carrying a cross around like Joe Shortino does, but not like Joe. He was carrying a cross around. He would stand at the corner and scream at people that they were going to go to hell. And I just wanted to run the other way. But the, but the news that we have to share is called good news, right? And God wants us to share of the good things that we've experienced. And you know what? People are interested in your story. They're interested in your experience. And you don't have to have your theology all perfect and know exactly how to present it all if you can just tell people, this is what Jesus did for me. How many of you can do that? Can just say, yeah, this is what Jesus did for me. I was this way. I encountered Jesus. Now I'm this way. Remember that song we sang at the beginning of the song? The, the beginning of worship today? miracle of is Christ in me. It's a mystery that sets me free. I'm nothing like I used to be. 
Just open up your eyes, you'll see. So instead of this big mental block about I've got a witness to be a good Christian, lay it down. Just begin to say, Lord, you have filled me with yourself. Show me how to communicate that to people that are interested. 1 Peter 3.15 says to have that be ready to share the hope that's inside you, but to do it with gentleness and respect. That means you don't shove it down people's throats. You don't try to talk to people who don't want to listen. But when people do indicate an interest, be ready to share that. And you know, a great way to start is just ask questions. So tell me what you believe about God. When you grew up, did you go to Sunday school? Have you ever read any of the Bible? What do you think about Jesus? You know what? You may get more than your bargain if you ask those questions to people. You may end up in an hour or two hour long conversation. And you'll probably be very excited when it's over because you're going to find out that God's working in people's lives by His Spirit. We just recently went down to Denver to visit my brother in Loveland. And um, on the way down, I was praying, oh, God, bring my brother Vern to you. We got down there, and I started talking to Vern, and I said, what's going on with your spiritual life? He goes, oh, he says, you know, we were going to the Catholic Church, and now we're, gonna go to, we're starting to go to Crossroads Church. And, and I've, been asking, I've been thanking God every day for what he's been giving me. And, and I'm just kind of going, I repent, God. I repent for not believing that you were working in my brother's life. Because God is working in my brother's life. And uh, it's exciting because now I can start a different conversation. Hey, Vern, what's God speaking to you this week? Something like that. So anyway, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. If you guys have any more questions, those pieces of paper and those two baskets, feel free to write them down. I want to make sure we talk about these things and that you always feel like, you can ask questions or make comments and contribute. This is not all about the minister of the gospel here or the, the preachers and stuff. It's about being the body of Jesus Christ. We all have a part to play. And so I hope that this morning helped you a little bit. You had some questions. And keep them coming. And uh, I just believe the Lord's going to help us. So next week we're going to tackle these last two, and maybe, I'll ask, maybe there'll be some more. If, will the Jews have a second chance? And what does it mean to not give what is holy to the dogs or cast your pearls before swine? Wow, that'll be good. All right, let's close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the power of your word that Jonathan um, shared and that he and Anna and Havilah are living in. We thank you that little Shiloh is in heaven and one day there'll be an amazing reunion and I'm sure she's going to be this amazingly beautiful young lady in that day. And we're just so thankful for that. Father, I want to lift up your people, and I pray that if anybody here has been involved in uh, consulting psychics, mediums, or involved in anything that we would consider outside of the coloring, outside the lines of what, your, what the scripture clearly teaches, I pray, Father, that this morning that they would, they would come and, and just uh, cut that off, just cut it off now, because the enemy gets his hooks into us through those kinds of things. And I pray, Father, that if there's anybody this morning that's here that's been involved in those things, that they can break completely and clearly with those things once and for all. And, Lord, I pray, I thank you that we have these altars that will be open in a moment.
and that there are people who can stand in agreement and pray with them and break those things off of them and the power of those things. We do not want to, uh, to have the enemy speaking into our lives. Uh, we want to hear your voice. So, Lord, I pray that, that, that you would just minister to people in that area. Father, there may be those who are grieving loved ones that they have lost, and they, they feel that loss so deeply. It's like a huge hole, and, and they, want to, they want somehow a peace or some kind of closure. Father, I pray that you would minister to them and bring healing, and for them to know, Jesus, that you have an answer for them, that you can speak those words that will bring healing to their soul. So I pray you would do that this morning, Lord. I pray there would be people that would come and be prayed for in that area. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the, the Trinity teaches us that there are some things that we will not fully understand until we are with you. Help us to accept that. Help us to not have to have uh, a, a practical, logical answer for every single question, but to realize that mystery is important. Wonder and mystery and not knowing everything is a great place to live in. It's a great place to be humble and to just say, I don't understand everything yet, but I know the God who does. And I pray, Father, that you would just give people that are struggling with that peace this morning. And I just thank you for it. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and for your presence today. We love you. And we commit to you the rest of this day and ask that you would walk with us as we go forth. And help us, Lord, to be a people, Lord, who has your name on our lips and has a story to tell, a good, good, good news story because we have a good, good Father. We just praise you and give you the rest of our day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's an awesome